Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. We want to say that first thing we do so that we don't waste any time warming up. We're believing for this to happen right now from the very first part. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us, turn everything else off for a few minutes. It's, it, it'll wait. Uh, turn everything else off, give the Lord your full attention, and you'll get some answers today. Lord, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, for grace, for help, for strength, uh, exactly what you know we need right now, fresh manna from heaven, that which uh, builds us up and nourishes, uh, nourishes our, our spirit and our faith. We ask for answers and we thank you. We know you're faithful and gracious and good to always give us what we need. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please in First John, the fifth chapter. 1 John chapter 5, the scripture that we've been looking at all week, um, we're calling it faith that overcomes. And it's from these passages here in, in 1 John 5 verse 4, he said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Said out loud, I believe, I believe Jesus, is Jesus is the Son of God. I am born of God. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And my faith, and my faith is, the is the victory that overcomes the world. That overcomes the world. Hallelujah. It's a uh, it's not enough, you know, that, that I believe this or that somebody else in the room here believes this. I can't believe something for you. You can't believe it for me. I can believe with you. But you have to, that's one reason why we take a moment and say, say this. You say this. Why? Because it's not me believing it that's going to be the victory in your life. You have to believe it. And that's a choice that every one of us make individually about believing that Jesus is the Christ, about believing that He is the Son of God, and about believing all the Word of God, believing all the parts of the gospel, the good report. Go please to Romans, the 10th chapter, Romans chapter 10, and uh, let's remind ourselves of this. He talked about how we're saved in Romans 10, 9, that you confess with your mouth uh, and you believe in your heart. Verse 10 said it again, with the heart man believes, 
with the mouth confessions made to salvation. And um, he talks about how the process works, how that you, you have to hear, it has to be preached, then you believe it, then you act on it. And in verse 15, uh, he says, how will they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That is a definition of the gospel. Glad tidings uh, are, are news, glad news of good things. We could say it like this, good news of good things. Uh, good news makes you glad, right? Yeah. Bad news can make you sad. Unless you get a different report and you decide to believe that, believe the report that makes you glad. Don't believe the one that makes you sad. He said, how beautiful are the feet of them that, that preach or proclaim the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. He said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, we know that's a quote from Isaiah 53, 1, and the rest of the verse went on to say, he said, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, you'll find this another couple of times quoted in the New Testament, in John and, and here and other places. So it's a recurring quote, who has believed our report? The Lord uh, has provided complete salvation for all mankind. But he won't believe it for you. And he won't force any individual to choose to believe the report. Um, the great commission of the church, the church of the Lord, is not to feed people physically or clothe people or build houses, as great as all that is, that's not, should not be number one. That is not the great directive, great commission. The great commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Is that right? Yeah. Proclaim what the good news. Why? For, for one thing, God had never intended that any people anywhere be dependent on other people for their resources and their supply. It's wonderful that we can help people when they need it, but God's plan is that very soon they get weaned off of us and onto Him Amen. and get in a position where not only are their needs met, but now they're helping other people who are in need. Never has it been God's will that one group of people remain dependent on another group's help all their life. There is a God. We all have the same source. We all have the same supply. But you got to believe the good report that he, he wants you to have the supply. He said here, who has believed the report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So then faith comes by a report. And a report by the Word of God. What report is it? 
It's the glad news of the good things our good God has done for us in Christ, in Jesus. And notice how it keeps talking about good, 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 good. It is, if you say, what is the gospel? A lot of people say, good news. That's true. But don't let it just be a pat answer. Good news about what? What makes it good news? And what is it news about? It's a report. It is a proclamation of what our good God, all the good things our good God has done for us in the complete plan of redemption. And we read in Hebrews 4 that uh, the gospel, though it's preached, it won't profit you. It won't benefit you unless it is mixed with faith in them that heard it. And when he says the good report, we talked about, I guess it was on yesterday's class, about how Jesus didn't just go to the cross in spirit. He went spirit, soul, mind, body. He was made sin for us. He was made sick for us. He was made poor for us. The chastisement of our peace was on him. Is that good news? Well, it was a hard thing, but what's the result? He was made sin so we could be made righteous. Somebody say good news. That's, that's good news. He was made sick. Why? So we could be sick? No. Not anymore was he, than he was made sin so we could be sin. He was made sick so we could be healed. Is that good news? But see, a lot of people don't believe that report. Do they? That part of the good news, they don't believe. It's not preached in their churches, and so they don't preach it because they don't believe it, and they don't hear it. And so the arm of the Lord for healing, the power of God for healing, is not manifested in their lives. I had some years ago, uh, I was teaching healing every day at a certain place, and had some people want to take us to task, and, and they said, prove to us that anybody ever gets healed there. Well, it's not my job to prove anything. <laughs> I, you know, and it would kind of be like an, an, an ant standing up for an elephant. <laughs> Saying, I'm going to prove that this elephant is real. <laughs> God doesn't need me to prove that he's real. He's real, whether you believe it or whether you don't. My job as a minister is to proclaim the good news. Hmm? To, to believe it, to live it, to demonstrate it, and everybody else has to make their own choice. But uh, uh, we had notebooks, I mean this big, sitting on the shelves of testimonies of people healed by the power of God. Many of them from terminal, hopeless conditions. Many of them from seeming impossible situations. And uh, one, one person said, well, you know, I, I don't believe in all that stuff. And I said, well, I think about it. I said, do y'all preach healing? He said, no. I said, well, isn't that interesting? You don't preach it and you don't have it. We preach it and we got rows of books of testimonies. Huh? Could there be a connection? Well, you got to believe the report. You got to believe it. 
You got to believe it. And then when you do mix faith with the gospel, oh man, it's like uh, when you were doing chemistry at school, you know, they taught you, you know, uh, don't put this, the stuff in this beaker, don't mix it with this beaker here because whoo, boom, <laughs> you got it. as long as you keep them separate. You know, there's nothing released. But if you mix them together, oh, it's a catalyst. It's going to set off a chain of events, and you could have an explosion right there. Uh, and, and it's true with the Word of God and faith. Faith is the catalyst. The Word of God has all this power in it, all this life, all this healing, all this grace. But if you don't mix some faith with it, no manifestation. No pow. But oh boy, somebody come along, mix some faith with it, power's manifested. It starts manifesting. Can you see that in the ministry of Jesus? He's walking along, people touching him on every side, nothing's happening. And then the woman with the issue of blood comes through, and what she do? She mixes a little faith in, in, in with that. Oh, boom, power flows. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and it's not happening to everybody else that's touching. Why? Didn't mix faith with it. Faith is confidence, full persuasion, and confident expectation. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. What does that mean? She's persuaded of this. She's not debating whether it's real or not, whether it'll happen or not. As soon as I touch, I will be healed. Is she expecting something to happen when she touches? Yes. She, and so when she touched, here it came. She mixed faith, power flowed. Hallelujah. You got to mix faith with the gospel. You got to mix faith with the good report for the arm of the Lord to be revealed. Go with me to the book of Galatians. We started talking about this uh, yesterday, and I want to go more into it. When you, when you hear the word gospel, um, people have a limited idea of what that means, even church-going people. Um, I, I've had people tell us, like I said, people you know, don't agree with teaching on healing and, and abundance, that kind of thing. And, and I've had people say, well, we don't preach all that healing stuff. We just preach the gospel. Well, in the book of Acts, the Bible said that Paul preached the gospel at Lystra and people got faith to be healed. From hearing what? Hearing what the Bible calls the gospel. Not just faith to be born again, but faith to be healed too. So the, the gospel that Paul preached, people would hear it and get faith to be healed. So uh, the gospel good news must include the good news not just for the spirit, but also for the mind. Also for the body, also for natural material provision. Just like we said, he was made sin, he was made sick, he was the chastisement of our peace on him, he was made poor, right? Why? So we could be poor? No. So we could be in sin? No. So we could stay sick? No. The good news is he took our place so that we don't have to have that. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Poverty and sickness, lack, uh, anguish, 
confusion, mental torment, uh, all these things are part of the curse for disobedience. It's called, you know, you can read about it in Deuteronomy, Leviticus, other places, the curse of the law. And the scripture said Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Went on to say that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Jesus took the curse so we could get the blessing. Hallelujah. Is that good news? Is that good news? Does everybody believe that? No, they don't. They, they just don't. And uh, the, if there had never been any sin, there would never have been any death. The wages of sin is death. Human beings would never die. Not only would they never die, all the stuff that produces death wouldn't be working. Like sickness, like mental anguish, like uh, poverty and all those things. The violence that results in death, all of that stuff. Thank God, His, His will was never that. His will is freedom and life and healing and abundance and provision. Why? He's a good God. His will is only what is the good. And the good news is, because of what Jesus has done for me and you, I no longer deserve punishment. Now, when you've made mistakes, the enemy will do his best to bring condemnation and get you to expect bad things to happen in your life. Why? Because you did a bad thing. Because you messed up. And people say, well, you, you're going to reap what you sow. Not if somebody else reaped it for you. <laughs> That's what redemption is. How are you going to reap what you sowed? If you don't repent, yeah, you will. You will reap what you sowed. But Jesus didn't commit sin. So why then was he judged for sin? Jesus didn't disobey. He didn't deserve any curse or any judgment. Then why was he hung on a tree and cursed? And why did the curse of the law and judgment fall on him? For us, in our stead, in our place. That's what redemption is. And so when you mess up and you make a mistake, you immediately need to confess it to the Lord, admit it, I messed up. Why do I need to confess it if the Lord already paid for it? Because you need to receive the results of it. Yes, he's already paid for it, but why do you need to receive anything if you didn't make any mistake? So you've got to acknowledge your mistake, and you need to receive the grace and forgiveness and cleansing, and you need to state and say, Father, I admit I did that. Why, why your heart's bothering you about it? I, I, I repent. That's wrong. I judge it. But immediately say, I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing and washing. I receive the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And I deserve no punishment. 
No punishment. Well, see, sickness is part of the punishment. Poverty is part of the punishment. Oh, that's part of the curse for breaking God's law, for being disobedient. But you can say boldly, no, uh uh-uh, I deserve no punishment. Why? Jesus was punished in my place. Oh, can you say amen? Jesus was punished in my place. And the good news is, so then I don't have to have it now. I don't have to take any punishment because he did it for me. All this is good news. And he went to the cross completely, spirit, soul, mind, body. He obtained a complete redemption for us. Somebody say, I'm redeemed redeemed. in spirit, in soul, in soul. in mind, in body, in in life. I am am redeemed. Well, is that good news? Is is that good news? Oh, it's good news. It's good news. In, In Galatians, the third chapter, we actually were quoting from part of that. He said in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Now that's part of the good news. He was cursed in my place, so I don't have to be cursed. Never agree that you are cursed in any form or fashion. I heard somebody talking about one time, you know, they said they thought they had somebody living in the same building with them that was practicing witchcraft and voodoo and what have you. And they said, oh, I'm so concerned. They, they told me they're going to put a curse on me. That's when you laugh. Child of God, come on, y'all listening to me? That's when you laugh and say, well, if you make one, you better make it your hat size. <laughs> because the curse causeless shall not come. It'll return to the place it came from and you will be throwing a boomerang. <laughs> It'll go whoop, 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 right back on your head. <laughs> Why? Because you cannot curse whom God has blessed. And I'm blessed. Now, if you don't know that, and if you receive the bad report, and if you yield to the fear, then it can have place in your life. If you cringe in your apartment and go, oh, no, what are they? I hear strange noises over there. I think maybe they're trying to put the hoodoo on me. <laughs> then you could have a problem because you believe it. And you're yielding to the fear. But no, no. Jesus was cursed, and he deserved no curse. Jesus took my place. Oh, come on, can you see it? Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, because it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And he did hang on a tree, and he became accursed in my place. But that's not the end of it. I said, that's not the end. Read the next verse. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Boy, you know, you see faith every time you turn around, don't you? Faith here, faith there, faith, faith, faith. That's because that's how you receive it. Uh, All that has been given by grace must be possessed by faith must be received. Everything must be received. The Lord has bought our redemption, given us forgiveness, 
given us cleansing and righteousness, but it's still got to be received. You got to receive your forgiveness. That's why I said you, you need to confess it when you miss it. Well, why do I need to confess it if the Lord already paid for it? Because you need to receive it. He doesn't need to do anything else to take care of it, but you need to receive it. What do you mean? If you missed it, your heart is bothering you about it. Now, you don't just pretend that you didn't miss, that, that you didn't miss it. You don't pretend your heart's not bothering you. You've got to take care of this. How do I get rid of this condemnation? No, the Lord doesn't need to go back to the cross. He's already paid for it. But what needs to happen? I need to receive it. I need to receive it. Well, I don't need to receive anything if I didn't make any mistake. I need to acknowledge I made the mistake and receive the cleansing, receive the washing, receive, and not believe I am cursed and not be afraid that something bad's going to happen to me because of the bad thing I did, because something bad happened to Jesus because of the bad thing I did. And because he took it, because he was accursed, I'm not accursed. No curse on me. But what else? Also, that the blessing of Abraham might come on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hi, somebody said out loud, I'm not cursed. I'm not cursed. And nobody can, curse me. nobody can curse me. You cannot curse whom God has blessed. And I'm blessed. Is that right? Come on, friend. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're supposed to be the, the biggest warlock of the biggest thing and the biggest demon and the five biggest demons on the. They can't touch you. They can't curse you. Because why? Nobody's bigger than God. Nobody's bigger than God. And if God says he's blessed you, in order for somebody to take the blessing off and put a curse on you, they've got to be bigger than God. They've got to undo what God has done and superseded. Nobody can do that. I said nobody can do that. Now you can, you can do it to yourself. <laughs> you can say I'm cursed. I'm not blessed. And you can reject the good report. And not mix faith with it. And it won't benefit you. It won't profit you. But if you'll believe it. Nobody else can curse you. Somebody say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now if you back up to verse 8. You'll see, notice a word, verse 7 and 8. He said, they that are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the children, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. Did you know the gospel includes the message, the good news about you being blessed? I think much of the church doesn't even know this. The very next verse says, So then, they which be of faith are what? Blessed with faithful Abraham. Does most of the church believe they are empowered to succeed? Empowered to receive good things? Empowered to enjoy good things? Empowered to be a giver of good things? No, most of the church believes they're missing hell and going to heaven. They don't believe this part of the gospel, which is the blessing. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I am blessed. I receive the blessing and the power of God 
makes it so in my life. Hallelujah. And we're out of time again. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 